Ah, shit. You listen to the James McMahon Music Podcast. I'm your host, James McMahon, and this is a Spook Media production. been ages since I last spoke to Justine Jones. Chief throat shredder in Woking's employed to serve, which is a bit of an understatement really. They might just be the best homegrown rock band to tread the boards of British music venues today. Justine is also the label boss at Church Road Records. I reckon it's got to be almost two years since we last conversed. And well, a lot has happened in those two years. Having a natter is much overdue. The band have got a new record, their fourth, Conquering, is due to be released on September 17th by Spine Farm Records. And this conversation takes place on a bizarrely hot autumn day. Apologies for the low-level banging and clanging on this episode. I think Castle Spook might have awoken a spirit or something. Or maybe I just need to do something about the mic I'm using at the moment. Usual drill. If you like this episode, please consider rating, reviewing and subscribing to the podcast. But more importantly, just be kind to yourself, dudes. And each other. And eat some vegetables, too. Yeah, you get that broccoli down, yeah. Yeah, I don't really know where summer is, uh, has come from, really. Yeah, I'm not complaining. I mean, it's been nice because uh, August has been grey as hell. So, <laughs> where are you today? Uh, just in Woking at home. Is that um, is it South East trains? Yes, that is yeah, South East. Oh, well, South we're South Western, I think, which is yeah. weird because we're in the South East. Yeah, yeah. I always thought that was confusing. Um, I, people I know who use that train route often. Do say running an hour from London, but with that train line, you're actually about two and a half hours from London. Yeah, there's no delays. You're okay. I am really, I've really enjoyed the two singles that you've released recently. There's, oh, there's uh, some dangerous hints of melody going on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We wanted to, um, yeah, just sort of like have a have a go at sort of writing more sort of like a more metal sounding songs on this new record. I mean, they're by far the lightest songs on our album. Like yeah. the rest of the album is very much more straight up metal. Uh, so I've quite enjoyed people getting worried about the album on those singles. Uh, most of the response has been really positive. There's been a few people being like, what? What is this? And really? And it's made me laugh because there's so many blasts and like solos and stuff on the rest of the record that that's just such a... It's like, it's a good representation of the album in fact. Like it, it's more melodious than the rest of our records. Like I feel like this new album's... Um, yeah, I feel like it's a bit more like... Um, festival ready metal if that makes sense without it kind of not sounding like us anymore i always feel like there's that thing with metal where if you're really into metal you kind of view the world through the prism of that's metal or that's not metal and that's cool i really love that about about heavy music but at the same time i feel like but you know, bands have got bands have got to grow. They've got to be free to find an extra chord, an extra colour in the palette. Yeah, for sure. And like, it's not fun for the bands. You know what I mean? Like writing the same record over and over. Like, I mean, we might as well just stuck with our last three records if we were going to do that and just tore it to death. Like, we wanted to have a go at sort of writing a bigger sounding record. We've always wanted to go more metal, um, just because of like growing up. We were always listening to Lamb of God and. Machine Head, Slipknot, Fear Factory, that kind of stuff. So we kind of wanted to, you know, go more that route because I feel like we've exhausted the whole 
crossover sound that we've been doing in the last three albums. Um, and I feel I feel like we still sound ourselves on these on this album, like very much like I feel like we have the same characteristics we've always had. But I just feel like it's a lot more um, developed and. I, I personally I really like the new songs like in performing them because they're just a little bit more um there's more room for the crowd to get in to get involved with them, which is what's really fun for us. I mean I'm absolutely bonkers on Mark of the Grave. You but you take a bit of a back seat on that tune. Yeah, yeah. Well I can't sing, so <laughs> Are you sure you can't sing? Yeah, no, I definitely can't. Um should we try harmonizing? Uh... <laughs> no, I won't put anyone through that. It's okay. uh okay. I might I might learn to sing one day, but like for this for that like song, it just it made sense for Sammy to do a lot of the vocals. Um and like sort of me to sort of like kind of lay back a little bit on that. Um yeah, it's quite fun actually. I enjoyed that. It's good, it'll be a good reprieve for uh live for sure if we do a 50 minute set. I hope I'm correct in saying this because it's certainly how it feels. I mean, maybe it's just because the videos for Mark of the Grave and um, exist with a fun. I mean, they're fun videos. Uh, it feels a bit like it feels a little bit like the band are playing with a smile on their face. You know, like there's a lot of your music which has always been quite thrillingly ferocious, and I'm not saying it's not now, but it also feels a bit like. It feels like you're having a good time. Oh, yeah, like for sure. And we were writing this record. I mean, we wrote it during the summer of lockdown when it was really sunny and like we had finally had like a chance to sort of relax and just like, you know, take stock of everything. And we just kind of like, we like, for us personally, we wanted to write an album that's a bit more lighthearted um, just because like for ourselves, really, because I felt like there was enough negativity going on the past 18 months that we sort of wanted to create a more upbeat album I mean don't get me wrong like it's still like very hard listening and it's still very like it has got its darker sort of aspects lyrically and and musically as well but um I think there's a few key tracks that are a lot more light-hearted uh compared to our other albums no I think that's a really good thing to be thinking about putting into the world you know um at the same time though you know the record's called Conquering and I felt a little bit like with some of the stuff you've talked about in the past has it been titled conquering as almost a a challenge to yourselves to navigate difficult stuff which has arisen in your life yeah for sure like it's conquering sort of um adversity in your life or and also like kind of conquering your ego and just sort of getting over yourself a little bit and just trying to sort of like you know improve yourself and like you know stop telling yourself lies that I can't you know that you can't do something or you can't achieve everything um because I think you know people go through like their whole lives like they're talking themselves down and doing like loads of negative self-talk um and I kind of just wanted this album to be a real like kind of cheerleader like heavy cheerleader album kind of like hate breed perseverances for me um you know, because that album's like heavy as fuck, but it's it's really like it puts you in a great mood when you listen to it and you feel really motivated. Do you feel like you do suffer from self-doubt? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, like, everyone does. Like, unless you're like an absolute narcissist, I kind of feel to some degree like everyone, everyone does. And I kind of like, I feel that's kind of what makes you human and sort of what makes you kind of like strive to do better really like being aware of your faults and sort of trying to work on them in a non-obsessive and and healthy way 
Yeah, I think I think you're right. It's weird though. I I um I've I've really been feeling it recently. I I feel like I mean I've never I've never charged through my life thinking I was particularly special or good at things. But there have been things recently that I've always thought I was good at that I've actually really been questioning whether I am any good at it. And those thoughts have sort of hit me at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. And I wonder <laughs> I, I wonder where that's come from. I wonder whether that's aren't you supposed to get more comfortable with yourself the older you get i think it depends really i'm definitely caring less as i get older not in an apathetic way but in a i'm getting more comfortable in myself way but yeah like it's it's weird i think there's a lot going on there like i think with like you know the classic topics of social media and comparison and you know newspapers of like teenagers earning millions before they even hit the 18 kind of thing there's always going to be that comparison aspects of your you know nature but yeah, I think I think for the most part, like it's it's dependent and I kind of feel like you can sort of put things in place to really sort of make sure you don't overthink things. And I feel like when you compare how your work is to everyone else, I think that's when you kind of like set yourself up for disappointment rather than if you go, oh, I did better than my last piece or, you know, like I feel like I've personally improved on my writing or do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. You can like compare it to your own self, like. For example, with ETS, I never compare us to other bands in terms of, well, I do, but like I don't, I take it a pinch of salt. Like I won't go to another band's Spotify and be like streaming stats and be like, oh, ours isn't like that. You know, I would sort of just be like, look at the growth ourselves, if you know what I mean, compared to what we did. Is that a bit, though, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I mean, Employed to Serve are pretty much a universally beloved band. There aren't a lot of people within whatever you want to call the scene that don't think Employed to Serve are a very good band. And you certainly have a lot of respect from people. So in a way, do you feel like, I don't know, like, uh, would it? do you think it would be different if the band wasn't wasn't all those things to people? Oh, thank you. It's nice to hear that. Um, I don't know. But the thing is, even when we were like this tiny little nothingy band, like I kind of always... Like obviously, like I'll look, to, I'll look up to other bands and big bands, and I'll be like, "Oh, what they're doing is really cool." Like I'll try and implement that, or you know, like I love this idea. You know, let's you know try and strive for that. But I think I very quickly realised in this kind of industry that if you try and compare yourself too much, like it really steals the joy out of everything. Um, so I've like really trained myself over the years to not do that. And like, I try to encourage all the bands on church road to do the same. Cause like, I, yeah, every now and then like, they'll be like, Oh, but you know, X, Y, and Z band got this. And it's like, yeah, but you've like, you know, gone up by thousands of listeners and you sold way more records than your last album, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that when, so I was in a band in my early twenties and we did all right. We did way more than I ever would have expected us to have done you know, way more than I ever wanted to do, you know, but we knew other bands, like our friends, that did a lot more than us. And it was a bit different for me because I was, you know, I was writing for music magazines and things. So that was sort of like my path anyway. But there was a degree of like, oh, they're doing more than us. And it, it kind of did eat us up a little bit. And it, I, I, I often think the bands, because they matter so much to us, like when you're in it, like when you're making art, it matters so much to you. It sometimes distorts logical thinking about things. And I, I have now being a bit older sometimes when I know younger people who have said, oh, they're doing more than us or we're not doing enough because they're doing this. I've always sort of been like, well, that's their, that's their, um, 
that's their journey, you know, like, but you're on your own journey. It's like not comparable. A little bit how you frame it in your head. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because the thing is, no matter what your hobby is or what your sort of like passion is, you can always steal joy from yourself by doing that. Like, it's such a human, like, inbuilt thing as well. And it's really hard to sort of like kind of counteract, especially in like, like our current society where I kind of feel like, you know, you need to work at site to, you know, the every inch of your sort of energy and like you need to always be busy 24 7 like it, you others you're considered like kind of inverted commas lazy and I think it's just sort of like a really unsustainable way to think and live and I think because I was very guilty of that sort of pre-pandemic but after I sort of had that break I was like oh like I'm so much happier like I don't like you know I'll t- take Instagram off my phone for like a week every now and then or like you know I'll just sort of like actually like kind of think of all the cool things and how lucky I am to you know have a job during the pandemic or have a roof over my head obviously it's easier said than done if you're going through a bad day and you know you'll always have bad days but I think for the most part like it's really important to sort of count your blessings as much as you can no I think this I think there's some really good advice there maybe you should start your own sort of self-help podcast <laughs> go on TED talks <laughs> yeah, totally. don't get no, me wrong like I'm totally imperfect you know what I mean I have days where I just can't bother but I think it's just having that awareness of like you will always have bad days and you just kind of just got to ride through them and it's not a reflection of your future no you, should, you definitely need to do a TED talk <laughs> <laughs> so last time I spoke to you was uh, a couple of years ago uh, when I did that piece for The Guardian, and a lot of things have happened since then. I I, I don't really want to like go into all the holy raw stuff because just let's just not go into all that stuff. But it was a real, it was obviously a huge uh, upheaval for employed to serve, but certainly yourself. Where do you find yourself at now? Like how how is the new label and do you feel like that? Do you feel like you're in a good place with it all? Yeah, like I mean, I think we're almost a year on now, and I feel fine. I feel back in my groove now. I kind of feel like I've got my sort of like like you know like with like new job. It's not even not really a new job because my sort of day to day hasn't changed too much with uh, with Church Road, but it kind of kind of getting into the new flow and like you work when you kind of work something for a little while, you kind of get comfortable with your routine. So I kind of feel like I'm finally as of the past couple of months, like in that groove again. And like, I can kind of like organize my, you know, myself and my sort of like projects a lot better. So yeah, no, it's been really well, like good. Like I'm, I'm super thankful for like being able to like work in music still, you know, be self-employed and like have complete control of the bands that we sign, which is yeah really exciting for me. Cause I think there's um, a few bands that wouldn't have necessarily fitted on Holy Raw that we've signed on Church Road and, and it's like it's quite nice because I feel like Church Road it's their own thing now. Like I feel like it's got its own sound again, and rather than just sort of like Holy Royal Mark Two, which is what I really wanted to avoid. Yeah, no, I think so too. Where does uh, Church where's the where's the name come from? It's just the road we live down. Um, it was nice and easy. <laughs> it's not the road you live down now, though, is it? Um, yeah, yeah. It's where it's like a, an offshoot road, like so. Yeah, it's. Um, are people not going to come and find where you live? I hope not. There's a lot of church roads in Luckily. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Take your. There's loads of church roads everywhere. So try, not. try your luck, stalkers. <laughs> I, I might cut that bit out, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, or maybe not. Who knows? So, when the pandemic went down, did you have to press pause on things for a while? Like, were you rehearsing, or um, we did you just not see each other for a period of time? Like. 
kind of what happened really when the world went mental? So we basically concentrate when like the first lockdown happened, we very much like sort of like, we're like, okay, let's take this time to write. So we didn't practice or anything like that. Uh, We wrote remotely, which is kind of how we write stuff anyway. Like Sam usually sort of uh, has a, has a song idea and sort of records the rough idea and, and rough drums sort of like program drums onto like logic and then sends it to the group to sort of chat and stuff. Uh, so yeah we kind of just did that until when it kind of sort of half lifted during the summer didn't it and then we had one or two band practices um and we did that uh that collaboration sort of video with ash nico which was really fun yeah um i was like i think that was like the first proper thing we did actually it was like post lockdown was that um and then yeah for a little bit we when the cases were really low and everything was fully open like i think it was fully opened up i can't remember it's been so many changes yeah. Um, but yeah, so we kind of did that. And then um, we, what else did we do? And then, yeah, we could, because like it's technically work for us, um, we kind of just kept practicing like throughout, really. And then we bubbled together in December to record this record. Uh, of course. Um, right. Yeah, of course. And then it locked down again. And then we stopped practicing because obviously it got a bit scary with cases. Um, and then we waited for everyone's, because a couple of us live with our parents still. Um, we waited till our parents got double vaccinated because we didn't feel very comfortable um, putting them at risk. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because I think the winter cases got really high. So, yeah, and then we kind of, we started practising again late May this year. <sighs> wow, man. It's, what, it's, what a fucking journey. I mean, I, I've noticed I've slipped this into conversation like 25 minutes into talking to you because I've just been so... There has to come a time where when I speak to someone in an interview, it doesn't begin with, so last 18 months, they've been fucking weird, haven't they? Like, Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I still feel like in many ways I'm still trying to process everything that's happened. It, it, I, I still feel I went to a, I went to a gig last Thursday. It was like my first gig since everything, and it's just so weird, man, because it was like so normal, but it was almost like, did any of this even really happen? Like it was that normal. It, it threw me that it had I'd had so long without normality. Yeah, I know. Do you know what though is mad? Like how adaptable humans are. Because like I kind of felt like I got into a routine. Like because I'm, I'm I'm very much a creature of habit, and I feel quite safe in my routines. And I feel productive. So I kind of like throughout this whole thing, I've more or less kept my routine. And like it was almost like, oh well, I guess I can't go outside anymore. I'm gonna go for a walk an hour before work and pretend I'm commuting. Come back home and, and work. Yeah, no, <laughs> you you do seem like you have that about you though. Like you do seem like someone who does organisation very well. I'm not sure you can work at labels as long as you have and not have those mm. qualities. You know, I definitely. So I'm. I'm it's a learnt habit though like so I'm actually quite a chaotic very messy person so I kind of need it in place to sort of like keep me in check otherwise my like my life will descend into chaos <laughs> I, I think when you do your TED talk you need to have a section on learning how to organize your life as well <laughs> yeah. watch out Marie Kondo <laughs> Marie Kondo she's the she's the declutter your house right yeah, yeah, she taught me how to uh, fold my band T-shirt so that I can see him. I love her for that. Yeah, no, I I, I, did, I watched all those programmes, but it really hasn't done anything to our spare room. Oh, yeah, it's funny, though, but you kind of, when you watch these kind of programmes, like, in your head, you feel like you're doing something about your problem. 
I listen to so many. Um, I have OCD. I listen to loads of OCD podcasts, uh, anxiety, you know, podcasts about anxiety and CBT and meditation. And um, if I'm being really honest, I'm not putting in the hard work. I'm just listening to people talk about it. But I feel like I've done the hard work. And sometimes I have to check myself and go, you're not going to get better just by listening to this. You have to actually put the work in. Yeah, we kind of like, I feel like there's almost like a self-help book addiction thing going on because I definitely go through phases where I kind of like watch loads of TED Talks and I'm I'm still like, <laughs> I'm still not a better human for it. <laughs> We're doing our best though. God loves God yeah. loves a, God loves a trial. Satan loves a trial. Uh, that'd be better. I, I love TED Talks during the winter lockdown because that like, my, my sunny disposition definitely disappeared during the winter lockdown. <laughs> I might chuck you some uh, some of my favourite TED Talks and you can do the same. Uh, it's like a, a drug, isn't it? Please give me the dopamine. <laughs> I mean, I'm all, I'm all for it, though. I mean, because I do feel like I, I didn't... My lockdown wasn't like that. I, I didn't... Um, I was very creative and productive, but I, I didn't really... I was too... I was too in the terror of it. Uh I, I found it really hard. It certainly like the end of last year and the start mm. start of this year. Like that was genuinely like the like the saddest I've ever felt. And I'm not really a, I don't really get sad, so I didn't really use it in the same way as I think you did. But there was oh, I do feel like I've come out of it with loads of learnings about what I want to do with my life now. Uh, not that I really tried to think of those things, but. I think a big part is I feel really grateful for what I've got in a way that maybe I didn't before. Um, you know, just seeing people like just seeing people suffering and going, well, you know, me and my wife and our guinea pigs, we've got a roof over our heads and you know what I mean? It kind of it definitely, it's done a lot. Like as well as kind of, I feel like messing me up a bit. It's, it's, it, it it's really kind of forced me to think about what I want for my life now. Yeah. Yeah, I think like it's been like one of those things like for it's kind of like a universal thing from like because I've spoken to like obviously loads of people about this kind of stuff and like yeah like everyone's sort of um, either changed careers I know a few people who've like decided they want to work in the charity sector um, you know like decided to finally kind of go back to university and yeah like I think I'm hoping like a lot of people will find something positive in it just considering it's obviously it's a very horrible situation but um what was uh what was download like oh it was incredible i had so much fun um i was a little nervous before um because it was our first show in 18 months and we we're on main stage um but like it got to the point where we practiced as much as humanly possible and like we got on stage and i was like you know what i don't know if i'm gonna play a show this year so i'm just gonna enjoy it and i did I mean, it must have been. I mean, I, I I couldn't make it clashed with something that I couldn't get out of. But I did think that it uh, it probably would have been a lot of bands' first shows in eighteen months, right? Yeah, for sure. Some longer. I think uh, I read an interview that Matt Tuck did, and apparently, I don't think they played in twenty twenty at all. So I think it was even longer for them. It was also our new guitarist. Uh, well, he's not so new anymore, but David's um, first show with us as well. So I couldn't moan too much because it's his first ever show with us. So. <laughs> and, w- and when did he join? He joined literally in March 2020 when we were supposed to do our European leg. So Rich was moving to Japan to be with his now wife. Um, and like, so we were going to do like a seat because he wants to do the last London show and stuff and we celebrate and we were going to do the swap over with David and go to Europe, but the Europe leg got, uh, cancelled. So yeah, so he's kind of almost been in the band for like two years, I guess, by the time we tour properly. 
Um, it's kind of kind of funny, isn't it? He's kind of like an old member now. He's old news. Yeah, that's crazy. When am I going to get to see you play them? Uh, we're hoping to do some shows in November this year. Um, so hopefully we'll announce them really soon. If not, um, it'll be January to will be well March is the UK leg of the the Kishira tour that we're doing with Alien Weaponry. So I'm very excited about that. What size of the venues below? For I mean, I won't. I, Obviously, you're not ready to announce what you're doing on your own, but next year, what size venues are those? Really big ones. I'm really, is they're mad. Like, so uh, it's Ali Pali in London. Pretty hell, um, man. Cardiff Motorpoint Mari- um, Arena, not Marina, <laughs> Arena. <laughs> um, and like, yeah, like massive places, basically. Like, I think like the Paris venue, like Kendrick Lamar played last. So that's insane. So I'm very, wow. very excited. It's very much, uh, I'm hoping we get these November shows in so I can at least get in the swing of playing live again before these giant shows. I am, I imagine playing music like you do that it's hard to come it's hard to go to from a standard position. You sort of need to warm up really. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's just more like I mean I, I mean we proved it with download like I am um, like that we we can do it like kind of just like trial by fire like you know we didn't we didn't implode. Um so we can, but it's nice. It's like, it's more for your sort of, you know, your your mental sort of game. Do you know what I mean? Where you're like, oh, I've done this. Like I'm back in the groove, you know, but yeah, we'll see. Either way, it's it's all good. I just hope everything happens because I'm very, very bored of not touring. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to leave you to get on with your day, but thanks so much for the chat. That was lovely. Uh, it's dead nice to speak to you after so long. Yeah, likewise. Thank you for having me. I'll keep my, uh, I'll keep my eyes peeled to the, uh, the TED Talk website. <laughs> yeah. That's episode 11. Thanks to Justine for the interview. Thanks to Layla O'Donnell for facilitating. The team tune is by the band Jobbers. And I'll see you. Well, I'll see you soon. And then you kind of like, ah... Oh.